Welcome to the Gatecrashers podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your ivory tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Carice Crow, novelist and speaker. I was doing some reading today, and I came across an article about a book that came out about 10 years ago, and it was called The Boy Who Came Back from Heaven. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting Rings title. Rings a bell, yeah. Yeah, and it falls into, and this is the actual name of the genre, it falls into the genre of heaven tourism. And it's acquired some controversy in the last couple of years because it was co-authored by a father and a son. The son was about eight or nine when the book was released. He was six when it was being written. But the son is refuting everything that's in the book Hmm. and is now, he's now 21 and is saying that when he was a kid, he was just looking for attention and he did get into an accident. He, um, He was really badly injured but he didn't go to heaven and he didn't actually see any of the things he saw. And it got me wondering if you're a publisher and your author has sold you material and then comes out later on down the road and says, actually what I told you was a true story. I just made it up. And pretty famously uh, there was an author who was part of like Oprah's book club. Yeah. About, I think it was drug addiction. Yeah. James Frey, a million. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he came out and said, well, no, actually I made most of that up. And so, yeah, it just got me wondering, what do you, yeah. What does a publisher do in a situation like that? And how bad is that going to be for that author? I mean, the obvious thing would be their career is totally over. Mm-hmm. But does the publisher have legal recourse? Will mm-hmm. the author have to pay back, um, you know, in advance or any royalty fees? Yeah. So I remember when that family, like there's a lawsuit against the publisher or maybe the publisher also had a lawsuit against the author because well, it seems like one of those things where everybody's going to sue everybody. Right. It's just circular. Right. Um, yeah. I remember that happening and it was just like, Whoa, like that. It was a big, 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 big selling book. It was, it came out right around the time that heaven is for real came out, which was also a very big selling heaven tourism book. And yes. I think both of them were kind of trying to ride the coattails of, of the success of 90 minutes in heaven and some of these other books. And so both of those, both heaven is for real and the boy who came back from heaven are stories from the, the viewpoint of children and their mm-hmm. heaven experience, mm-hmm. um, which of course makes many people uh, feel comforted when they right. read those books. And it helps right. hopefully answer some questions that they have about things that they've had in their own life. Um, so that's the genre. And yes, it's a very strange genre and it's one that I've never worked in, but... <laughs> Out of you. I've probably never worked in it for the very reason that this lawsuit right. came up. Like, right. how do you know? 
that this person is telling the truth. And I mean, it's one of those things where like, you can't like point to any evidence, like, no, you didn't go to heaven. (laughs) Just like, so it's all this, like, he said, she said. It's not provable in either direction. (laughs) It's just messy. So what happens? I think, well, first of all, everyone's going to lawyer up, right? And they're going to look at the publishing contract. Mm. And that is going to be the foundation of arguments from both sides. Right. Um, In every publishing contract, there is a author warranties clause, and that's where the author promises that what they are putting forth is true, that it's not... um, they're not stealing it from anyone else. So it's not plagiarized. Right, right. Um, it's not, it's not libelous. So it's not gonna, you know, what they're saying isn't going to result in a lawsuit from someone else who says, Hey, you talk bad about me in your book. And that's not true. You know, um, which we see a lot with the books coming out that have come out recently um, against Trump, where he's taking right. them to court saying this is libel because it didn't happen, blah, blah, blah. So so, so that clause is basically like the author saying, you can trust me. I have the right to share this information. This is accurate. It's not going to result in a lawsuit. Right. Which makes a lot of sense. And I think makes the case for the boy who came back from heaven even more interesting because it was co-authored by father and son. Mm-hmm. And the son is now admitting, I made it up. But the father is extremely insistent that he believed it then and he believes it now and he thinks everything from cover to cover is totally true. Mm-hmm. So that just makes things messier, right? And I think, well, I think when, the book got pulled. I don't think it's on shelves anymore. No, no. So what he's trying to avoid then is having to pay back his mm-hmm. advance, having to pay, at least having to pay back his advance. Right. Um, because that is usually one of the stipulations. Like if, you are found yeah. to be in breach. You have to pay back your advance. The book will be pulled out of print immediately, blah, blah, blah. I mean, obviously in this situation, they were probably going after each other for even more damages because it, it damaged the reputation of the publishing house. Right. But so he, the dad is clearly protecting his assets or lack thereof. Right. <laughs> By Which, I mean, he might genuinely believe it. He might. But yeah, there is... There is definitely a financial motivation because the advance, I believe, was like half a million. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was a big one. And I mean, then you look at the the mother and the son, or the son, like because I, if I remember, like he didn't get much of the money. The son didn't get much of the money. And yeah, so- the son. Well, the son was too young, and he had a lot of medical expenses because of the accident. And the mom just really wasn't involved mm-hmm. with the book process at all. Like she never approved of the dad doing it and she was a little too busy having you know four kids and one of them is now quadriplegic and tons of medical bills Mm. and yeah so the mom really wasn't involved and the one who was lying was a little kid right you know right so that I mean that author's warranties clause is like the basis for you know, what the court is going to determine. And, but then again, it just comes down to a, who do you believe more kind Mm -hmm. of a situation in this particular book. It's a lot more 
cut and dried when it's a plagiarism lawsuit. And we've seen that with other books, with novels, Mm, where the author gets a big advance because the book is amazing and come to find out like it's just been stolen Mm -hmm. Um, and not word for word, but no, I've read where, you know, if you, if your main love interest was like Dr. Willow and then this person rips off your book and their main love interest is like Professor Oak. Yes. You know, like it's been, and to the degree where, no, it's not word for word, but it's character names mm-hmm. with the exact same roles that are clearly just barely, mm-hmm. barely transferred onto another sheet of paper. And like scene by scene yes. by scene, plot for plot, absolutely identical. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah. Then it's definitely more provable. Those kinds of plagiarism cases are much more easy to kind of like nail down and be like, oh, we're yeah. pretty sure that you, but even in those cases, the authors many times claim that they had no idea. They've never seen that book, or maybe I read it a long time ago when my subconscious stole, you know, like that's usually their argument and it doesn't right. typically hold up very well. Um, and then in those cases, yeah, they're paying back their advance. The book's getting pulled and I mean, they're never going to write again. Their, their author right. career is over. Right. Yeah. I've seen that done where they claim, well, but all the books in our genre have these exact same tropes. Right. You know, and they try to pull it off as like, well, we're all writing the same thing anyway. It's like, honey, the original material came out in 2012 and you launched your book in 2018. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-mm. There were claims against Rachel Hollis for one of her books too, like that she stole from a podcast. I mean, it's... And I, I mean, to some degree, there's nothing new under the sun, you know? Right. And then, but at the same time, it's like some, sometimes, and not, I'm not saying that claim specifically, but sometimes these claims are really interesting how close they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so usually, you know, what happens is if a claim is made, like, let's say you get published by a publishing house, Carice, and, you know, there are claims made against you for whatever um, usually the publisher is going to stand by you and defend the book, of course, to a degree. I mean, there's like a threshold. The more, the more, the more money they've invested in the book, the more likely they're going to go right. long-term defending it. Right. But their initial reaction is to defend the book, defend the author until it's determined or until it's, it's, it's leaning toward the author breaching those warranties. And right. Once you step into that space, that's when, in my experience, the publisher becomes less of your ally and either removes themselves from the situation or goes or becomes your enemy in mm-hmm. the situation. So typically publishers are there to help defend the book, to help defend you, because there's always going to be claims of this and this and this. Um, but once those warranties come into question and it's looking like you really did deceive them or you really did speak badly about someone when you have no evidence or you right. know proof to do so, then that's when they start to be like, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't, <laughs> you know, go here. And then maybe this person is a bit icky <laughs> right. and not somebody you want to be aligned with. Right. No. And if you ever see a situation in which a publishing house is dropping an author because of just the 
current conversation around that author. I think of a, a Woody Allen book that was dropped by a big New York publishing house because Woody Allen, he's like the... No, I know who he is, but I, I don't know anything about okay. his book okay. being dropped. Yeah. One no. of his books... I'm not one of that his, young. <laughs> well, it was, rec- it was recent. And one of his books was dropped by a New York publishing house because of all of these allegations that were coming out against him. Oh, um, okay. And they were, the publishing house stood by him for a while and then finally decided, you know, we just don't want to be a part of this anymore. So they dropped him. They dropped the book. My guess is they didn't require him to pay back the advance because it was their decision and he hadn't really done anything since signing the deal. It was all like stuff from years ago. Right. Um, but then of course, another publishing house picked it up and <laughs> published well, the book anyway. <laughs> naturally. I mean... Yeah, because now it's got a bunch of controversy. Yeah. And so there's there's probably going to be a publisher out there, maybe not as big as the original one, but somebody will say, hey, controversy sells. We don't care. There's no such thing as bad press. Exactly right. So authors, as long as you're honest and as long as you are, you know, honest and truthful with those promises that you're making to the publisher, that you didn't steal anything, that it's your original work, that you have the right to tell the stories that you're telling about people, then you should be good to go. And you really shouldn't have anything to worry about. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gatecrashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. Send a tip via PayPal. Simply use our link, paypal.me slash gatecrashers, or log into PayPal and search us using our username, which is at gatecrashers. And be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode.